Hey mamas, and welcome back for another episode of Moms with Bombs, Moms Offering Mom Support. Today I have with me a college friend, very weird to be in a different realm of our world because we used to be out partying and drinking, and now we have little babies. I have Megan Mundrick with me, and she's going to talk a little bit about losing yourself and who you were as a mom and becoming a different person. For those of you who are new here, we always grab a coffee mug or whatever you choose to drink. Megan has a lovely wine glass, so she's drinking her wine. And I know I actually wanted to say today, I know it's funny. I always say, grab your coffee. I've never drank coffee when I've recorded these except for today. So today's my first day that I'm actually drinking coffee. Those of you who don't know what we talk about, we talk about taboo things with moms and parenthood, pregnancy, and postpartum. Really, we're just trying to open up a space for a mom who's struggling and feels that she's alone. I learned that moms tend to go through a lot of the same things and the mom guilt is real. So knowing that other people are going through what you're going through is like a self of comfort. So take it away, Megan. Hello, mamas. Um, I guess uh, before we kind of jump into like my topic of conversation, I think it's good for you to know a little bit about me and more or less my my birth story and how um, little JP came into the world. And that's kind of what leads us into me losing myself a little bit. So JP took his sweet time. Uh, he was born at 41 weeks and four days. I think I didn't realize that was a thing, um, first and foremost, that you would like, you had your your due date, right? And, and that's like the big day that's in your head. And you know, you can go past it, but like the agony of sitting here for a week and four days and just like bouncing on that stupid ball and doing everything you can to try to get this baby to come into the world. And just like, I wish someone would have told me you have a birth month not a due date because that would have made things so much easier because I truly thought because they kept saying that he was measuring so big and all these things like I truly thought they had my due date wrong and I thought I was going to go early so when I went almost two weeks late that was miserable that was miserable so that in and of itself but then when we get to the hospital we do the whole thing and um you know I've went into labor at home. My water broke at home. Like it was a normal like experience. I was hoping to go natural because I'm psychotic and uh, (laughs) more power to anyone that can actually do that. I only made it 14 hours. Um, Wait, wait, wait. Only 14 hours? Megan, that's a long time. (laughs) Only 14. No big deal. 14 of 40-ish hours. So we get to the hospital, um, we're doing our birth process. I end up, you know, getting the epidural, which was like not in my birth plan. So, and and that's the other thing too, right? You come up with a birth plan, you spend all this time, like envisioning what it's going to be like, and everything goes out the window, which I know that they tell you that, but in your head, when you're pregnant, you don't hear that. You're just like, no, like I'm going to be able to do this. Like it's my plan. And I'm a very type A personality, just like Courtney. And so, um, when things don't go as planned, uh, that's not fun. And when you're a mom, <laughs> nothing ever goes as planned. So Never. yeah, him coming into the world, ruining my plan was just setting us up for success, I think. Um, <laughs> but so we do the process. We're at the hospital. It ends up taking 40 hours total, which was crazy. 
get before they end up telling me that I have to have a C-section. Wait so a minute. So you went 14 hours was as natural as possible. And then yeah. a 40 hours for them to be like, oh yeah, nope. You, that thing's not coming out of you by the way you want to. We're going to have to take it out. Yep. And I was nine I centimeters for nine hours. Yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> And they just kept saying like, oh, it's going to happen. Oh, it's going to happen. And I have a whole, I could go on it forever about like, I, why I feel things happened the way they did and how I think they could have been different, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical professional. And, um, and we ended up in a C-section, which was terrible. I remember literally shaking as I was signing the consent for the C-section because it was something I did not want. Um, and we had the C-section and they tell you like, they're going to still put them on your chest and all these things that didn't happen. He wasn't crying. It was so scary. And they didn't talk oh, to just... us. Yeah. They didn't talk to us and tell us what was happening. They were just like, all right, mama, if you look over here, you're going to see your baby getting wheeled by. And, and you're so like hopped up on drugs and like everything that just happened. And we're so exhausted. And we're like, and I'm just like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And they're like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. It's okay. You're okay. Baby's okay. And they're like, here he goes. And then I'm, you know, in recovery, like doped up. I have no idea what's going on. They like knock you out. And then my husband, who's never done this before, has no idea that he's supposed to like go find his kid. He thinks that the doctors have him and the nurses have him and everything's fine and we're going to go sleep now. So we did. And then like I wake up and I'm like, where's my kid? And they're like, oh, so... He's like getting taken care of and, you know, like you can't get out of bed yet. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And they're like, yeah, you can't get out of bed yet. And I'm like, I'm getting out of this bed now. And yeah. so I end up getting out of the bed and I had to go across the hall to like where he was being taken care of. And they end up telling me that he's having all these issues breathing and um, he's hooked up to all these tubes and it's just tragic. <laughs> and then they end up telling me that they don't have a NICU there. And so that there's a good chance that we're going to get separated. And so you're going through all this stuff and then they end up, thankfully, they put me um, in an ambulance and him in an ambulance and we go to the hospital that has the NICU and we're there for oh eight my days. God. Eight days. And I have to be separated from him for one night. We had to come home without him and then go back the next day, not knowing that we were going to be able to take him home the next day. They just kept saying that he was going to be there longer and be there longer and they didn't know when he was going to get to leave. Um, so eventually he ends up coming home with us the next morning, which was great. But when you're coming home without your kid after all these days, and then you're like, wait a minute, I don't know if I'm going to get to bring him home tomorrow. I don't know if I'm going to get to bring him home the next day. Thankfully, he was the healthiest kid in the NICU. Thankfully, he was in it. And that was hard too, being in the NICU with the healthiest kid in the NICU and watching all these moms around you, knowing that they may not get to bring their kid home. Mm -hmm. And having to ask permission to take care of your kid in the hospital and not really like getting to bond with them. Um, it was a whole thing. So that is part of my story. <laughs> and I think important part as to how I ended up yeah. where we ended up. So I think um, that we will definitely have to have you come back on and talk about <laughs> that some more because that, yeah. wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. And I, and I think scary. I blocked a lot of it out. I don't know that I like fully still, and it took me, I think several months to really like get into momming and then realizing like that that was traumatic <laughs> and realizing that like that impacted us and like 
how trying to cope with like how it did and like how we move forward. Like, I think I just like kept going and kept going. I was walking stairs in the hospital after a C-section. I was going back and forth, like basically across like the country. It felt like to go to the NICU, like every few hours, like going back to my room, going to sleep, going back to the NICU, going back to my room, going back. And it was like, and you had to like walk, you had, and you had to keep pushing yourself because it felt like you had to prove that you were able to take care of this baby and take this baby home because they had to decide that you were allowed to take the baby home. And you didn't get to experience like what, and I have no idea what a normal like birth is like when you bring your kid home, like, or and when they're in your room and you're taking care of them and the nurses are waking, like, I don't know what any of that's like, because it was me alone in a room with my husband and then he was just like getting taken care of by all these nurses. And I had to like, be like, can I hold him? So you have to like ask permission days. to hold your baby. Yeah. Oh God. And then they send you home with him, right? And you're like, wait a minute, what do I do? <laughs> you just did everything for me. How do I do this? Yeah, like, uh, wait, what? There was no like bonding. There was, I mean, there was, but it felt like, it was like, wait a minute. I don't I have to pass a test or something to take this thing home no okay mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm responsible I'm the mom what <laughs> so it was wild but so you, you go through this journey you get home then what happens so because of the journey that we were on and we are we don't have any family or we have friends but we don't have like family or people nearby like a normal tribe would have um, and so we have two dogs. So we were calling in-laws and my parents and like everybody to come down and take care of the dogs because I didn't have friends lined up long enough to like care for them. So they came from New York. They were staying in my house. They were doing all these things. So then all these people were in my house when we came home with the baby. So not only are we coming home with a new baby, I now have my in-laws and my uh, brother-in-law and my future probably sister-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and they were lovely and I'm glad they were there, but that was also not part of the plan. Um, so then I'm trying to breastfeed. I'm trying, I'm waking up with a baby at night. Like it was just this wild thing, but we get home, we get used to it. We start momming. Everything's good. Eventually we start vibing and then postpartum anxiety and then postpartum depression. And then, oh wait, you're not going back to work. So I decided not to go back to work or my work decided that they no longer, um, could accommodate uh me being a mom <laughs> and Wait. working they just Tell me um, about that. work right up until I went on maternity leave was being like I don't know it was a toxic work environment we'll just say that um and they were like oh you know maybe we could do remote maybe we could do this maybe we and they made all these promises that they couldn't deliver on and so they basically were like you need to come back and your schedule is going to change and you're going to have to work weekends. And they just kept piling stuff on. And I was like, okay, so I'm in a fortunate position where like, I want to work, but thankfully my husband makes enough. So I don't need to work. <laughs> I mean, things are tight now because they were, we went from two income family to a one income family and added extra expenses of a child, but like we can swing it. So like, why would I go out of my way to put him in daycare when I'm not ready, because I'm not ready, <laughs> and do all these things, like, when you guys aren't holding up your end of the bargain, and we also didn't have daycare, like, we got on wait lists, and I was on wait lists 
So he was born in December. I was supposed to go back to work in March. I had gotten on wait list in April when we found out we were pregnant and like, we still didn't have a spot. And that was where I said, like, can I just work like remote temporarily and then come back? Like when we find daycare and they were like, yeah, no. So they're lost, not mine. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up staying home, but that was never the plan. And I never, um, this is going to sound really rude, but, or bad, I guess, but I don't know. People can take it how they want to take it. They don't know my life. Um, and I think maybe some people just are afraid to say this. I don't know. I didn't want kids. I was perfectly fine going through life with or without them. It was one of those things that I didn't need to do to be fulfilled in life, but it was something that my husband needed to do to be fulfilled in life. And so we had a discussion when we got married and we said, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And we're just going to let higher power, fate, whatever you believe in, decide if we're meant to be parents. And we apparently were meant to be parents. And I am so thankful that that is the case. But at the time, and like when I was going through all these things, I'm like, I didn't even freaking want this. And now like it's on me. Right. And like now, like I'm the one that has to give everything up and I'm the one that has to sacrifice. And now I'm the one who lost my whole identity. I have nothing that makes me a human outside of being a mom. And I didn't want this. And I had to go you through. don't have a career now. You had to give up yeah. your career. No. And I was teaching fitness classes before I got pregnant. It was something that I was really like passionate about. I had created this entire community in a place that yep. I didn't grow up in. I didn't know anybody. I had all of these women and I, and I was giving them things that I wish that I have right now. Like I had all these moms coming in trying to find themselves and like, I didn't even know at the time what I was doing for these women. And now I'm like, I wish there was somebody that, like, I wish there was a me for me. <laughs> like, where's my me? Like, but like, I'm, I'm very thankful that these women had me. And, and some of the women that I met when I was teaching that were moms are now some of my closest mom friends that I wouldn't even know. Like, and there's this one, you know, mom in particular that lives close by and she's a stay-at-home mom too and so we get together and she makes me food and brings it over when I have a bad day mm. because she's a third-time mom she gets it she knows she knows well, and I think I, I really like what you said was you were content not having kids mm. and I I think it's important for the moms out there who feel that because I was the same way mm. I wasn't set on like yep I need to have kids I was more of I wanted my career. I wanted this. I'm still in grad school. And I was like, I want to make sure that I'm done with grad school. And then we were just like, okay, well, if it happens, it happens. And then it happened. And I go through my head sometimes when I'm having those bad days. And I'm like, did I make the right choice? Mm -hmm. And they do something super cute. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. And they like, they always have a way of knowing when you need to know that like, you're meant to do this together. But it's hard because like, sometimes you think those things and you get that dialogue in your head. And it's like one of those things that I think is really taboo that like, nobody wants to say, right. Nobody wants to, and men wouldn't do it, give up their entire identity and give up their body and give up their mental capacity to like, do any, like they wouldn't do it and they couldn't do it. That's why they don't, but that's a whole nother soapbox. percent. <laughs> but I say that to my husband sometimes when he's like, I don't get it, Meg. Like, I don't get what you're going through. I don't. And I'm like, you, because you can't, you can't. And so I'm not going to sit here and try and explain it to you because you can't just be here for me. And he does, but it's just like, 
you wouldn't do this. I know you wouldn't do this. And I know you couldn't do this. So like, and sometimes that's like my fuel to the fire, just being like, well, I'm better than he is and I'm better than men. And, (laughs) but it's, it's hard. And I think that sometimes when I say that out loud, people get like scared, you know, like, oh, you don't love your kid. And it's like, that's not it though. I just don't love every day (laughs) that I had to give everything up for him. But one day, in the very far future, <laughs> it will be worth it. And I already see that. He's a lovely little kid. He is so smart. He's so intelligent. And me having been here for almost a year, which is crazy to think that he's almost a year, having been here for every minute and being able to be a part of it is something that I will never, like, I'm so thankful that I had that. And I know that a lot of moms would really love to have that. And so it's like, when you feel guilty about like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be here. I want to be at work and I want to do this. It's like, sometimes you have to sit back and be like, okay, but wait a minute, because I would be so sad if I had to miss all this. So, and I think it's, I don't remember someone in my life and I can't remember who said it to me, but someone in my life said, the universe will sit there and tell you what you should be doing and what you shouldn't. The universe will say, hey, you need to go back to work by giving you jobs and stuff like that. Or it'll say, nope, you're meant to stay home with your baby. And that was the universe's way of telling you, like, no, you're going to stay home with JP because that's what he needs and that's what you need. Do you think that if you did go back to work that you still would feel like the loss of identity? I don't know. Because I still think that, I think every mom goes through that. I don't think that it's unique to stay-at-home moms. I think maybe it's a little bit more impactful for stay-at-home moms, but I don't think it's a unique thing. I think that every mom, if they're being really honest, goes through a loss of identity. And I think that it's something that nobody really prepares you for, probably because nobody really processes it. It's kind of something that you like suppress and you don't want to talk about because it, it sounds like you're whining and and it sounds like you're ungrateful and all the things or that you that, don't yeah. want to be a mom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's not it. I do want to be a mom, but I don't want to only be a mom. And it's like only moms are the ones that have to give all that up. My husband and I would get in so many fights about him stopping on his way home from work to get a haircut. Why would that make me so enraged? Because he had the option for the rest of my life until this child is allowed to be home without a babysitter, which is what, like 12. Um, I will never get to just do something without asking permission. And I think, and it's not to sit there and say that our men aren't great and they don't understand, but I don't think their brain is wired to get that logic. Like Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. Jimmy drives to Massachusetts to go and get his haircut. And it's not that, like, I don't want him to go do that. But it's like, wait a minute. You can just go and do that? Like, it doesn't it doesn't add up in my head sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or how they can just wake up in the morning and go take their time to get ready. Where we plan our morning, like, okay, so if the baby does this, I'm a Miss Rachel mom. So if the baby does this and he's needy, guess what? I'm going to put some Miss Rachel on for you so I can shower just so I can shower because he's old enough now that I don't want to set him in the shower in the bathroom with me anymore because he's just too big but the men don't understand that and that's where I think they don't understand the loss of identity because 
we become a mom and that kid becomes our identity. Like you are what I'm going to do every single day and figure out my day for you. Not for me anymore, for you. And my favorite is people kept saying sleep when the baby sleeps. Let me tell you that. Guess what I'm doing when that baby sleeps? Unless I really, really need that sleep, I'm doing the dishes. I'm doing the laundry that's been piled up. I'm cleaning the house, taking that shower that I couldn't take because he was extra needy in the morning. Or as you and I talked about the other day, I'm freaking pumping because I have to pump because I missed my pump and now I'm engorged and I'm in pain. So it's, I hated, like that would piss me off when everybody's like, oh, just make sure you sleep when the baby sleeps. Okay, when? Mm-hmm. When am and I supposed first, to sleep? Yeah, and for the first few months of his life, he napped on me. So like, how am I supposed to sleep? That's not safe sleep, right? I'm sure I knocked out plenty of times in the the recliner with him. But like, when am I supposed to sleep and follow all these rules that are set out there, right? Like people that say things and they, and they say all these things that are so contradictory, which is wild to me. Um, it's just wild. It's wild. <laughs> I didn't, and it's also crazy too, is like with the whole identity, you like you and I both said we're type A personalities. So I did so much research. I read so much. And I'm sure you did too. And I had this picture and this image of who I was gonna be as a mom. And that no longer exists. <laughs> I just go day by day now. Yep. Everything that I had planned like went out the window. He decides he is the baby boss. He and that's like the, and that was one thing that was always like infuriating to me. Like I would joke about it, you know, like that a four month old or whatever, you know, age he was runs my life, but he does. And he can't talk. I have to do everything for him, but yet he's in charge of me. And it's funny and it's lovely and it's beautiful, but it, it truly is some days like exhausting and like frustrating to like, look at him and be like, why are you in charge? I am the adult. Like, do what I say. Nope. <laughs> and the more you try to make them do with it, what you want them to do, the worse it's going to be. We're in a phase right now with like eating and um, which has been a huge struggle for me. Feeding this child is something that I never thought would be so freaking hard in all stages. But with solids, like he's like wanting to be independent and he wants to use his own fork and his own spoon and he wants to hold the plate and he wants to hold the bowl. And then he gets you know, squirrel brain because he's 10 months old and he's like, oh, I don't want this anymore. And he just like chucks it or like the dog comes up and he's like, oh, it's really cool to feed you. Here's all my food. And then you're like, but dude, I don't have any more of that. And now you want more, but you just fed it to the dog. And it's this whole thing. (laughs) And then it's funny because you and I are very similar with like routines and stuff. And you and I talked a while ago about how you have a, you had a very like strict nighttime routine. And I told you like, it didn't work for us. For the longest time, we could not have a set time. We had to go off of his like sleep cue of when he showed signs of sleepiness. Because I wanted, I so bad wanted that seven thirty, eight o'clock p.m. bedtime. I have to. So I can, That's I the one wish. thing that I will fight him on tooth and nail because I need separation. And like, so there's two things that I found out like recently, like because as you go through this, and I know everybody says it gets better. I wouldn't say it gets better. I think it gets harder in different ways is what happens. I think you gain more confidence. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think as you do things, you gain more confidence of like, okay, I kind of, I don't know what I'm doing, but I think that this is going to work. Yeah, it's really good the first few times, like I will remember them forever, the first few times that like something that I did or like my instinct was like spot on and like that celebrating and that like that nothing, nothing will be those moments. But there's two things that I've learned about myself that I think have been able to like make a shift in like the postpartum depression, anxiety, all of that. And that is one that like the nighttime routine, I'm so glad that I put my foot down because I need that. It's not so much about him and it's not about following all the things. Like we followed his wake windows. We did all the things, but, and like, if he wakes up, I go and get him, you know what I mean? But it's like, he has to be in bed by seven o'clock because I need to be able to clock out. Even if it's for an hour or whatever it is, like I need you done (laughs) so that I can have a space and if you wake up at 10 or you wake up at eight or whatever time you wake up it's still frustrating but like I need to put you away so that I can be a person for whatever amount of time that I get whether that's to eat a meal or watch a show and he ends up you know falling in line eventually it 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 didn't happen right away but he did end up falling in line and thankfully that worked for us because I could not live a fly by the seat of your man's life of like sleep because that is something I need to like to cling to to have some sense of like me for my husband and I to be able to have a drink together sit and talk whatever it is because like we need that and the other thing is I realized being staying at home and wanting to be you know still type A and perfectionist and try to make him follow a schedule I'm responsible for three things I'm responsible for the health and well-being of my family I'm responsible for the health and well-being of myself and I'm responsible for the health and well-being of my home. And all three of those things cannot happen on the same day. And they don't have to happen on the same day. But in the beginning, I felt like they did because they were my responsibilities and my only responsibility were those three things. And how the heck could I not do them and not do them perfectly? How hard is it to keep this child alive, keep my husband happy, keep my dogs happy and keep this house freaking clean? How hard is that? It's freaking hard. So when I stopped trying to be perfect at all of them every day, when I have a baby boss running around, the goal is one, the magic number is two. And then the next day, I feel less guilty if I take time for me, if I took time for the other two, or I feel less guilty putting Miss Rachel on and cleaning the house because yesterday was all about JP. He got to go to the library. He got to go to the park. He had everything. We ran around this house 365 times. He got to do all the things that he loves. So today I have to clean the house. And so I feel less guilty putting one thing to the wayside and only focusing on two when it's like a, you just need to hit all three in the week type deal. What made you think about that shift? Like how, because I do like that. How did you be like, okay, I don't need to do everything. If I do this, this is okay. I think I just had too many mental breakdowns. I really did. Like I just like lost my crap and I was talking to my stepmom and she said like, and I talked to a couple friends, you know, and they all kept saying the same thing to me. Who told you you needed to do it like that? Who told you that was the rule? Nobody does. We just think. Yeah. Who told you you had to be perfect? Who told like they, and they all just kept saying that. And they all kept saying like, Megan, you're trying too hard. Megan, you're too good of a wife. You're too good at this. You're too, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, but I don't know how to do it any other way. And so in my brain, I was like, so if I can't give up having a clean house and I can't give up taking care of my kid and taking care of my husband and taking care of myself, 
how the heck do I do them all? And so I decided that I just needed to be good at one of them or good at two of them that day. And if that was what happened, then it was okay the next day to let one go. Well, and I think it's also hard too. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Like I still work, but I'm out and about. It's hard when you see Jeremy's in school and working. So when you see your significant other doing all those things, you feel like obligated. Like being a stay-at-home mom, everybody's like, oh, like it's a, it is a job. It is a job. Because if you're a good mom, you want to spend that time with your child and do those things with your child. But that means other things get neglected. So when he's at work and he's doing all that and taking care of you and taking care of the, the home in a financial aspect, you feel like it's your duty and your responsibility to take care of the home in the looking of it, the atmosphere. Like you feel like that's necessary. And I don't know how you feel. I had this conversation with my mom last night. My mom did it all. I saw my mom do it all from what I can remember. As a baby, I don't remember crap. (laughs) But as I got older, like, I think about it. Like, my mom really did do it all. You don't have to do everything when your baby's a baby. They're not going to remember every single day. They're not going to remember you didn't do the dishes that day. They're not going to remember that the floor might have been a little bit dirty and there's some crumbs on the counter so why do we have to really focus on keeping everything clean no idea (laughs) I mean I want it to be clean and I want my husband to come home to a clean house you know I have all my reasons but at the end of the and that's what people kept telling me they kept saying Megan nobody cares but you nobody sees it but you because like I will say this to anybody that comes into my house and it doesn't matter if I just finished cleaning it and it's not to be like oh, look how clean my house is. And I don't even care. Like, I literally feel like it's disgusting all the time. It doesn't matter how clean it is. I will say to people when they come in, like, I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to do this. Or I didn't get a chance to, and they're like, what? <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> because the people that come into my house care about me. They don't care about my house, but I still do it. And they're like, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> but I am. Maybe, Maybe I'm crazy. Our, We're all crazy. Is that our type? No, it's our type A personality. We're not crazy. We've never been crazy ever. The other people are crazy. (laughs) I agree with that. I broke down at JP's baptism. Thankfully, he'll never remember it because I was miserable. I was miserable. We had been in New York for 10 days, 10 Mm. days staying with my in-laws with a baby. I think he was six months old. And I think it was like our second trip there. And it was like the first trip was like a weekend. Like we were there for a minute. <laughs> We'd been there for 10 days. I was so tired. I was so over being in someone else's house and trying to take care of him. And we go to his baptism and I remember like losing it. And my stepmom pulled me aside and was like, what is going on? I remember. She's like, what is going on? Why are you being crazy? Like, why are you acting like this? What is, what is happening? And I was like, everybody doesn't get to see me be a mom. I have to prove to you guys that I'm a good mom, that he's okay. And she was like, we are your family. We are your friends. Like, we don't care. We know you're a good mom. You don't have to prove that to us. And I was like, but you don't get to see it. Like, if I'm not doing everything right, you're going to think I'm a bad mom. And she's like, no, (laughs) no one would we know you like but in my head like I'm running around like crazy and that's why I was exhausted for 10 days trying to prove something that I had I don't have to prove and I still feel like that 
her saying that to me and me even saying it to other people, like, you don't have to do that. I still feel like that. I don't know how to turn that off in my brain. I wish I could. I think that's the mom identity. I really do. Cause I, the first day I was struggling, I called my best friend and I just started crying and you know me, I'm not a crier. And if I cry, I'm very stuck to myself. I cry by myself. I get it out and I'm good. I called her bawling my eyes out and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, today is not a good mom day. So she just came over and she, she said the same thing. She's like, you're an amazing mom. Like you need to stop. You're an amazing mom. I'm like, but I don't feel it. Cause like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. But I, I think you're right with the mom identity is you say you need to be such a good mom that that's all you focus on is being the best mom and doing everything that you do lose yourself in that aspect because it's like, I'm only a mom. I don't know how to be anything else right now. I don't know how to do anything else. Uh, one of my last podcasts, Emma, she came on and she's like, well, there's, there's work Emma, there's mom Emma, and then there's friend Emma. And it's so crazy to me that we have to think about that now. Like we have to switch all these roles in order to be all these different people. When before we were just, you were just Megan and I was just Courtney. We're not that anymore. And I had my best, one of my really good friends here um, in PA, she and I went out to dinner not too long ago and it was like nice to like leave and like go out to dinner and like not have a baby to worry about and all this stuff and like not have to worry about like, is he going to misbehave in public and like everyone's going to look at me like, no, like we just went out and we were just, but she's not a mom. And it was the first time I had been out with somebody that's not a mom. And mind you, I have nothing else to talk about because I do nothing else but be a mom. But I know how annoying it is (laughs) and how annoying it is on the receiving side to have a friend only talk about their kid. And I remember sitting down with her and being like, if all I talk about is JP tonight, we did not do this right. So I need you to try to keep me in check and like remind me how to be a person. And like that I have other things to talk about and like help bring it out. And so we worked on it together and it was fine. And I didn't talk about my kid full time, but I, I had to like consciously be aware of like, this is something that people did to me that was annoying (laughs) and that I need to be able to do this to find that I have other things that I can hold a conversation without talking about my kid or without talking about work or whatever. I really like that you bring that up because I've realized that I avoid calling or talking to my friends that aren't moms because I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I don't want to annoy them with just talking about my son because who you're right. I didn't want to handle that when I was not a mom. So it's, it, it is really hard. What about you're talking about your fitness classes. I, I would assume you're not teaching them now because you're a stay at home mom. What does that look like? Because that was a big part. I know you, that was a huge part of your life for a long time. So what does that look like for you now? It's just really sad now, to be honest, to like think about like that I, and it was something that truly I had done so that I would always have a job. So that I would always have something that made me a person. And I lost that because I lost my body when I had a kid because <laughs> I thought like, oh, I'll just work out during my pregnancy. Um, No, babe, you're going to feel like crap during your pregnancy. You are not working out. <laughs> nope. You are eating a lot. <laughs> and sleeping. Yes. The sleep all the time all that the you time. can. 
I yeah. The thought of even having another kid, it, it's not the other kid that scares me. It's the being pregnant with a kid that scares me. But that's another topic. But it's really hard. It's really hard to like, and and I think the hardest part is like losing the community that I built because it was so great and it was so nice to just like every time I went. If I was feeling like, I don't want to teach today. I don't want to be here. I had a long day. I'm tired. The second we walked in and somebody was like, you know, energized, I was like, all right, we got to do this. Like, and it was, and it just changed like my whole perspective. And I miss that feeling. I miss yeah. having like the feeling of just like feeling good when you leave. And like, I have tried so hard to work out especially now that he's older. And it was something that was, we were gym rats. My husband and I were gym rats. You wouldn't know it by looking at me, but I was. And it was something that was really important to us. And we built a whole, whole home gym downstairs. It's better than a lot of people's like real gyms. And we've got everything, everything, cable machine, everything. And we don't use it. It sits down there because we're so focused on being parents. And it's like, that is just like the one thing that I, I was good for like four or five weeks. Like we went down, we worked out. And then I just like realized I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, this is causing me more stress than it is helping yes. me because I'm doing it for somebody else. I don't even know who that other person is, but I'm not doing it for me. Do I want to work out? Do I like the way it makes me feel? Yeah. But does it make me a better mom? No. And I had to cut it. I, I don't know if you feel this way. Cause this is, I think kind of how I feel as I looked into it more. Cause I was on the same page as you. I just don't have the motivation like I used to. I don't have the discipline like I used to. And it's not like that I don't enjoy it because when I do go to do it, I do enjoy it. But I don't feel like that's who I am anymore. I don't feel like that's what I want to do. As weird as that sounds, it's like my first instinct is like, oh my God, I can't wait to work out. My first thing is like, oh, I can't wait to clean those dishes or I can't wait to sit on the TV and watch what I want to watch because I don't I, have the desire. I think I have the desire. I definitely feel good when I'm doing it. And I, and I think I have the desire because I want to teach again and I can't teach in the fitness state that I'm at right now. And so I think that I have the desire to do it because of that. And I just, I do know that I feel better when I work out and I felt better those few weeks when I was doing it, but like, I have to have everything else done before I can go do that. And the only time that I have to do it is like 8 30 9 o'clock at night and then in my head I'm like okay but if I take this time now then when is he gonna wake up and like am I gonna regret doing this and like do I have the energy to go down there and it's just getting down there and just starting and I know that that's what it is but sometimes yeah. it's like I just can't I just can't I cannot walk down those stairs I can't do it well and I think too it is the fact of when you start it, you want to finish it. Mm -hmm. So if you go to start it and he's having a rough night, it's just going to make you more pissed off. Not at him, but at the fact that like you tried again and it didn't work. You tried another time and it wasn't successful. And it's defeating. Like it's like, why the hell am I even trying? Yeah. And I'm not going to do it with him. I know a lot of moms do that. And I know that there's benefits to that for him to see like a healthy mom and all that. Like I get all that. I'm not doing it with him because that is my time and I give enough to him. I'm not giving him that. I'm not. I can't be workout Courtney and mom because I will just want to be the mom. I'll be like, okay, you're being so cute. Let me get on the floor and play with you. 
it just doesn't work for me. So I 100% agree with you on that. I That's supposed to be my thing and not my thing with him. Granted, maybe one day we'll actually have that thing. <laughs> Again. One day I might, like, when he's, like, old enough and when he doesn't want to be down there, like, it might be okay. But right now when he's so little and he can get hurt, like, that's, and that's all that I'm thinking about. Like, these weights are heavy, like, and, like, there's, like, there's things that are sharp and, like, this isn't a baby-proof space and, like, he, he can't be here. And, like, he doesn't want to be in the skip hop. He doesn't want to be contained ever. <laughs> and he certainly mm-hmm. doesn't want to do it when I'm 10 feet away from him. Well, and I think what it sounds like, too, is he, he's been around you so much. So that way when he sees you doing something, it's like, um, hello hello, pay attention to me, not what you're doing. Oh, yeah. And you can't yeah. have an effective workout. I mean, props to the moms who can do it that way. Like, really, I, I'm not, like, sitting there saying, like, oh, wow. I'm literally saying, like, props to you because I yeah. wish I had that ability. I see all these moms that, like, baby wear their kid and, like, they use that to, like, their advantage. And, and I've saved them all. And I'm, like, I'm not that person. I'm not. I'm too selfish. And, and I, that's part of why, like, I was like, almost like, I don't need to have a kid because I am too selfish. Like, I don't want to give that part to you. And like, that's where I lost a lot of my identity is just because like, I don't want to give you everything. Yeah. And like, even like to the point of like, when he's like eating and he doesn't want to eat, he will have the same dish. He will have mac and cheese. I don't know. Mac and cheese in his dish, the exact same thing. And mac and cheese in my dish. He's a one out of his dish. He wants it out of my dish. I'll show him it's the same thing. And he's like, nah, mom, I'm eating off your fork. I want it. And it like my water bottle, you know, like I want to drink out of that one. I don't want to drink out of mine. And it's like, yo, you don't need all of my stuff. Yep. I gave you everything I can. <laughs> what, else, what else more can I give you? <laughs> but then they're so cute and they're upset and then all they want is you. And it's like, okay, I'll give you everything of me. I don't want or to. My husband's like putting him, yeah, my husband's putting him to bed and and he's frustrated and you know he's not going down for him and I'll go up and it takes me 10 seconds. It's like the easiest thing ever. And then I come down and I'm like, eh, just need it, mom. And it's like I'm so pumped. And he's like, You are effing bitch. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, mm, he just wanted mom. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So let's wrap this up. What are three things? that you think that moms should know or that you would have loved a mom to tell you? Like if you could go back. Yeah, I wrote them down. So that I would mourn my old self, which we just discussed at length. Um, I wish I knew that postpartum isn't just wanting, not wanting to be with your baby. So I think that I had this idea in my head because I had struggled with mental health like before becoming a mom. And so I I knew that I was susceptible and that it probably was going to happen. But I thought that it was that you just like hate your baby and that you just don't, you just sleep all the time and you just, and it was the exact opposite for me. All I wanted was him. All, and I think that was part of the NICU and like all the trauma that we went through. All I wanted was my baby. I didn't want anyone to touch him. I didn't even want to breathe next to him. I didn't want anybody else, not even my husband. I had to like physically remind myself that he is his parent as well sometimes. Like all I wanted was him, but I was so consumed with him that I was losing every ounce of myself. And like my husband would be begging for me to like take care of myself and like saying like, Megan, you got to take a shower. You got to do this. You got to do this. I think it was, he was five months before I took a shower by myself in this house with him. 
because I was so scared to like put him down or leave his side. And I wish that I knew that postpartum depression was a lot more than just that. I think that's really important. Yeah, I really do. Well- um, I wish that I knew how much a child can change a relationship. It sounds so simple, but like those are not the things you're thinking about when you're planning on becoming a mom. You're thinking about all the fun stuff, right? Like, ooh, what am I going to buy him? Ooh, what am I going to paint the nursery? Oh, look how breastfeeding is going to be so great. And we're just going to launch around all day. And you're thinking all of these la-la land thoughts. And if those things happen for you, so proud for you, mom. But that was not my life. Um, (laughs) And I wish that I knew that I needed to prioritize my relationship more. Like when we first came home, everything was great. I was so in love with that man so in love with him he took such good care of me in the hospital and when we first came home and he still takes great care of me he's an awesome provider but we didn't communicate we kind of like got so lost in being parents that we forgot that we were important too especially not having family and people close by to like rely on like we just got so stuck in like being parents for a minute that it was really we had to like sit down and like remind ourselves that like we're important too how do we fit into this so not only did you know we have to mourn my old self we had to mourn our old selves and figure out like a new way of communicating because we also couldn't just like freely because we're trying to practice things that we're going to need down the line we couldn't just freely talk about like problems whenever we wanted to right so like if he's getting upset because we're upset like we have to wait until he goes down for a nap or until bedtime to resolve our issues and how are we going to be co-parents and like husband and wife the rest of the day until we can talk and resolve it mm-hmm. and not hold that anger and that aggression and I think a lot of it too really is the postpartum anxiety and I think they don't understand that is like we're we're not really technically mad at you it's just our hormones make us mad at you and I, I do I agree I think that's really important for moms to know is you probably don't really hate your husband you probably just hate the emotions that you're feeling and trying to figure out how to tell someone those emotions and how to process them together. Cause you're not the same person. You're not, No. you're never and- going to never going to be that person ever again. Like you said, you've mourned that person and that person's gone. You're never that person ever again. And then that too, like, how does your relationship survive that, right? Because, and that was something that I had to like understand and wrap my head around was like, how, and like, you feel guilty about that too. Not only do you have mom guilt and all these other things, like now I feel bad that I'm putting my husband through all these emotions and that he has to sit here and suffer with someone who's so miserable and happy and all the things at the same time. And like, it's so crazy, like in this house. And like, he also had to, he, he has a whole new person. He has a whole new wife. Like not only like his whole life got turned upside down overnight. You literally, you went to the hospital, one person and you came home, somebody else. And, and in addition, like a whole nother person was there too. Yeah. Yeah. And like that impacted him and like, he doesn't have the emotions and like the hormones and all of the, like the good hormones too. Like, because there are things that happen when you're a mom and when you're pregnant that like prepare you for like the lack of sleep and all of those things. Like, I truly think your body prepares you for certain parts of it. And it's like, 
he didn't get that. He just has to like figure it all out. His body didn't change. And now he's got this like stranger in his house, basically. So well, sometimes and, getting and like it's hard to get outside yourself and 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 let him like feel like that too. It's like, no, mm-hmm. I did all this. I went through all this. You don't get to have any emotions. You don't get to have any feelings. And it's like, but wait, he does. He's a person. And like he was impacted as well. <laughs> I don't think people talk about this enough either. And I maybe might look into this future. People don't talk about it. And I realized it's more common than not. Men can also experience postpartum depression and anxiety. It looks similar and it also looks different, but they can experience it too. So imagine both of you going through the same exact thing, just in a different realm. Like that's just, I don't know, what's wild to me. It's wild. Thank you so much for telling me about your your crazy journey in the beginning. Oh my God, that was terrifying. Um, I don't know how you are just smiling and radiant and just loving life because that was insane. <laughs> You're like, it took me some time. It took me a while to recover. Um, suppressed think, <laughs> um, it's just buried under the rug now. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining and being open and vulnerable. Uh, we got a cheers. Cheers. There we go. And for those of you who are new here and don't know my Instagram page or my Facebook, it is linked right here. If you liked this episode, please hit the like button. If you want to watch more and you want a notification to let you know, hey, it's dropping, hit the subscribe button. And if you want to ask Megan a question or you've had similar feelings and similar experiences, let us know in the comments below. It's really helpful for us to kind of see other moms dealing with the same thing. And if you're a mama who's had a crazy journey and something taboo that you wish was talked about, let us know and you can hop on the show. I do Zooms. I do in-person. And if you want to remain anonymous, please will respect that send me an email or dm and i will read your story and let another mom know what you went through so as always thanks for joining us i hope that your coffee or your wine for megan was delicious and remember as moms we're always surviving and thriving the best that we can bye besties